0: Today's episode is a treat for anyone who's looking into the green space and, in particularly, solar. Uh, I have a chance to speak to Hunter and Hung today, who are co-founders of Detach Reset Solar. It was truly just a conversation about what it's like to found a company in this space, and more importantly, solve a problem that the industry as a whole in this space truly needs. It's one thing to install solar panels. It's another to look at the problem of maintenance. And that right there unlocked explosive growth to the point where the two had to start turning down business just to make sure they put their systems and processes in place to get to where they can capture those profits and continue to create impact and expand. And now they've got about a team of 80. So you know they're on the right track for growth. If this sounds familiar to you and you're facing this exact situation in terms of growth uh, and trying to maintain it and and service all that growth and demand, then this is a conversation you're going to want to listen to, to sort of borrow uh, not only some companionship for the same challenges, but also be able to see how they're navigating that and what they're doing about it. And yeah, if you're in the solar space. Obviously, it also makes sense to listen to what these two cats are doing because it's truly one of those situations and conversations where you can walk away from that, understanding not only the important wheels that need to be spinning in terms of the business world, uh, but also making sure that you're solving a real problem and what a difference that does to your business revenue. So without further ado, here is Detached Reset, Solar with Hunter and Hung. Uh, For me, I think one of the most interesting things I found when I was preparing for this conversation was uh, I saw, Hunter, that you had been in real estate, correct me if I'm wrong, prior to going in on a business. And uh, I'd like to start there. Is this
1: accurate? Yeah, you're exactly right. That's actually how I met the gentleman right here, hung to the right of me. And, uh, you know, I had no intentions of actually getting into the solar. You know, I, I love real estate and... I fell in love with it probably when I was, I'm 30 now, so probably about four years ago, just buying properties, turning them into Airbnbs. Like I love the entrepreneur lifestyle because I grew up and my parents were like, hey, go to college, hey, get a job. And I'm like, you know, this isn't working out. Like I've got to figure out something else. And that's where I started getting involved with education, real estate education. I said, Hey man, you know, I want to be wealthy one day. And, you know, I started watching, you know, Grant Cardone and some mentors from afar. And it's like, Hey, get around people that are doing what you're doing. And, you know, I joined some real estate groups and I just fell in love with it and own many properties today. And I continue to use that as a, as a side hustle. And, you know, when I got, when I started, the solar company, the only thing I wanted from the solar company was money to buy more real estate. So we didn't anticipate you know, growing so big so quickly. And it's just interesting how that worked out. And I'm sure you've heard many stories like that.
0: Yeah, right on. And then, yeah. so Hong, uh, you met Hunter while doing real estate as well, or how does that work out? I'd love yeah, to uh, learn we this dynamic. Well, so I was actually
2: running a wholesale real estate company as well, um, and we were doing fix and flips. We were doing a wholesaling. We were doing a little bit of buy here and there, but not too much. But yeah, how I met this guy was we were going to buy his duplex. <laughs> so I was like, well, dude, you sound pretty cool.
1: Let's go hang out in my office. <laughs> <laughs> we literally just we literally just came in his office, just barged in and started hanging out. And then Hung's like, well, what do you do? Like, like what do you do besides real estate? And I'm like, well, You know, there's this interesting niche in solar that, you know, nobody's taking advantage of because what was happening is, you know, there's there's these big solar companies. There was a huge rush of just all these install companies and they're just like putting on putting on thousands and thousands of systems. And I was in construction and I'm like, what happens when the roofs need replaced? What, What happens then? And so I came across this interesting niche. I'm like, Hong, yeah, I've been doing this on the side for for a couple, you know, roofing companies just for some cash to buy real estate. And he's like, no, man. He's like, this is a billion dollar idea. And I'm like, really? Like, and I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, we started, he was the original founder. And then we kind of left for for a period of time. But we basically came up with, you know, the, realizing that thousands and thousands you know, probably hundreds of thousands of systems are going to be needed to be be taken off and put back on due to this wave of solar. And that's that's how we, we started the company, you know, three and a half years ago.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a little bit of red ocean, blue ocean, because uh, you're right. There there has been a saturation. I, I have a couple of friends who tried to step into it out here. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles, but they're in Pasadena. And whatever the case is, I don't ask them too much about it. Uh, I don't get a chance to talk to them often because in LA, when you're far apart, you might as well be in another country. Uh, but I have noticed that I have seen a lot of solar coming up in the conversation lately. And I love that you went red ocean, blue ocean, where you're like, well, while they're busy doing that, we're going to, Catch the undertow there and see how we can capitalize on that by solving a real problem, which is how a good business actually thrives, right? Like some people prop up uh, a business model on something that isn't really an actual problem in the industry, but you're right, somebody's going to need to service all that. And that's that's pretty peculiar that you decided to do that. So this is the napkin table conversation. You have that off. And is it just you two and then contractors? Or did you start bringing on a team and you started talking about it? Where are you going to go? What did that look like? Did you raise money? Did you bootstrap it? Yes, I don't know. When
2: we first uh, started this thing, it was just me, him, and one other guy. And we, uh, we actually didn't know how far this thing was going to go. Obviously, I was like, dude, this is a billion-dollar thing. Like, dude, we can grow this thing so crazy. And then I ended up not being able to get along with the other guy, so I left. When I came back. That happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, so when I came back this time around, we only had seven people total in the company. Um it was including us, the sales guys, the contractors, everybody. It was seven people total. And now we're sitting about, I think eighty <laughs> eighty employees.
0: Wow. Okay, yeah, that's that's big, man. Um you've you're you're right there at mid level company for sure. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, once you get to that hundred, someone's. Told- Someone told me that um, the team you start with isn't the same as the team you'll have when you're at 100 employees or so, right? Um, And as as you said before, you had a change uh, in dynamic early on. And you got to have a no assholes policy if you're going to be grinding and spending as much time as it takes to build a business. So I'm glad you found a way to do that because... That always gets in the way, right? Uh, Where do you see the future then as this continues to grow? I'm actually kind of curious now because growing a business to that level, having that level of payroll, then you're talking about overhead and what that looks like. Do do you find that there are some challenges you're seeing that you're going to be working on in the future or things just kind of moving along swiftly? And you're like, I don't know why, but it's kicking ass.
1: And that's, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's definitely daily challenges when you're scaling at the level that that we're scaling at. I mean, right now we're so busy in different our different markets, like we're having to slow down the pace of, you know, nas- scaling nationally. So, you know, it was a little ego hit to me you know, in the last month or so when I'm having to turn down work because we have to get our systems and processes and back ends Smart. strong enough to handle, you know, three, four million dollars a month. You know, right now we're doing two million dollars a month and we're turning down hundreds of thousands of dollars of work right now. And you know, I'm I'm more the visionary of the company, like, hey, like let's go do this, let's do that, like let's jump on here, let's like hire a PR firm and hung, he made sure the trains are, are running on time. He is <laughs> One of the best operation managers I've ever talked to an owner in my life, you know, he's like, no, this, this, this needs to happen. There needs to be a system, this and this. And I'm like, no, let's just grow. Let's just do this. You know, it's like, it's a really good combination to have,
0: you know, in a company. Dude, it's Im- like, uh, I've spoken to, I think now a little over 2,200 entrepreneurs over the last couple of years, right? In this exact format. And having not only their business partner, but also their life partners, uh, they've said that those are the best business decisions they ever made. Who they chose as the co-founder and who they chose as the co-founder at home. You know what I mean? Those <laughs> those those dynamics ultimately determine whether or not their business will succeed because those are the people you end up spending the most time with, you know, and then the dynamic you have between each other, uh, the transparency, the candor, or what have you, like and the fact that they always give each other their respective lanes seems to be the secret sauce. Like whatever you like, I don't handle that, and you know that I don't. You want my opinion on it? That's one thing, but I'm not handling that. That's you, and vice versa. Like, stay out of the lane. This is my spot, right? And it sounds I can. I mean, even from the jump when we started this conversation, I saw that. I saw that dynamic right off the bat, and I'm I'm happy to see that that still holds true because that's that's what it is here. It doesn't matter what business you're in. It's just true of operations and the team, right? So now let's actually get into your business a little bit. And uh, where are you currently expanding to, or because or, I know you said you're holding the growth, but where are you currently focused on the most? And what should people know about that that are in that in that area?
1: Sure, and uh, yeah, great question. So our our biggest markets right now are going to be Colorado, Texas, and Florida. And um the reason why is because anywhere there's a lot of storm damage, like Colorado, and Texas, huge hail states. Hail happens, you know, for four or five months a year. I mean, I'm talking, you know, some hail, you know, this big, and it's just been a tremendous hail year. There's been a whole lot of catastrophic events happening and then Florida, hurricanes, and anytime there's exterior damage to homes, well, guess what has to happen to the solar? It has to be taken off and put back on. Wow. And, you know, that's why we're focusing on those markets, but they grew so fast. You know, there's people in California, there's people in Illinois, a lot of Minnesota. Uh, we're getting calls from probably 40 different states for this this trade because, you know, like I was telling you before, just everybody focused on, you know, the gold rush and new solar. And now they're like, oh, wait, all these things actually need maintenance, you're telling us. And nobody trained to have systems and processes for maintenance because, A new installation company is completely different from my company. Like, we don't do new installations. We don't sell new solar. You know, we strictly repair and fix solar. So there's a giant demand for that. And, you know, we created systems and processes with the help of Hong, you know, so we have checklists on exactly what we need. Because putting broken things back together, it it can be a challenge. You know what I mean? So, you know... I love that,
0: man. There's such a... like there's such a diversification in the way you saw yourself and what side of the market you were actually going to attack, right? Um, you're 100% right. It's way easy to just tear off whatever was there and put on whatever and say, all right, you're good. You know, and Then the hard part comes in. It's like everybody wants to live by the beach till you start taking into consideration insurance and maintenance for the big house. and the... So you're right, 100%. Nobody ever thinks that far. And I can imagine when there are few far and in-between companies that are actually doing that, out-of-state calls, this and that. And now you're looking at, okay, how do we create the systems and processes necessary to actually go and and service those markets? Because at this point, you're literally growing to just make sure you can serve them. And it just so happens to make crazy profits. But the, but the fact is like you're, you've shifted from we want to start a business to, okay, how do we make sure the business survives so we can keep serving people? How do you feel about that change? Because oftentimes that's the biggest hump right in in business is like you may start off and you're like i got to make a business move I'm making money and then at some point something crazy happens and you start actually like serving people and there's like this call of duty if you will to this have you started you know stepping what, into uh, that yeah
2: you know what's funny is because we were we were actually thinking about just how we can make a profit in the beginning like you were saying exactly that we're just like well, look, wintertime in Colorado, not so good, right? <laughs> you know, so, so we can't really get on roofs. So let's expand into some other markets that you can actually work in wintertime, which is Florida and Texas, right? However, uh, we actually had to pull back everyone from every single state. We had a traveling crew. We had all these things going on. We had to pull everybody back because... We couldn't handle and service the workload that we're getting. (laughs) So, yes, I started then looking us into all those things. You talked about manifestation earlier, you know, and we actually were saying, like, dude, imagine the only problem we ever had was uh, that we were lacking contractors. And we actually actually manifested that problem into reality. yeah man now we're just like dude how do we get retention going how do we actually service the people and how do we actually care for our
1: people so that way they can continue working with us and so that's why we started and then brings back to the point you said like you know the no assholes policy like You know, I don't know if you know who Sam Taggart is, but we're big on uh, Sam. Sam Taggart's one of the the best known uh, sales training teams for the roofing and solar industry. And, um, you know, he has something where he says, you know, high, uh, high culture, low tolerance equals high culture. Meaning don't put up with any, you know, BS. Exactly what you said. So, you know, as soon as something happens, you know, it's like you're gone. You know, that's it. We create a high tolerance for, you know, our low tolerance. Excuse me.
0: No, yeah, no, I 100% know where you're coming yeah. from. And what's what's interesting to me is as a company, what you're doing in the market, because yes, you're, you know, there's a service, right? It's like someone who sells cardboard boxes. Like, yes, it's a business, but it's it solves a real problem. I, I can scarcely yeah. think of a time when I actually have cardboard boxes on hand, you know, like it's, I, I don't keep them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just by you being the company that you are as a team and, you know, a team of 80, you're also propping up the business model of the people who are installing things to begin with. Because if nobody was there to repair them at all, eventually people would stop installing. So it's a truly interesting dynamic, you know, and it's non-competitive. It's almost complimentary in a sense. Have you yeah. have you found that to be true in your ecosystem? It's
1: 100% true. Like Tesla, we, we're getting some national recognition. I mean, Tesla has called us on the phone. Like they somehow have wow. a personal cell phone number. And they said, we see you guys all the time. And they're like, because Tesla, you know, they're not familiar with running a division like this. It's very special. It's not like new installations. And they're like, yeah, we, we've checked you guys out and, and we're like extremely impressed. And we want to offboard, you know, a ton of work to you guys. Same <laughs> thing with like some some big suppliers, like um the, the COO of Solar Insured. They're the largest solar insurance company in the country. And they called us out of California, Southern California. And they're like, hey, guys, we, we know what you're doing. And we have not found a company that's successful just doing maintenance on solar. And he said, can you guys take, I think it was... 900 and something jobs and we're just like <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, we, have, we have to turn on some big projects like sunpower too they're actually one of the biggest manufacturers we have their contract in our inbox but we're just like man we cannot take on like two thousand jobs
0: <laughs> no this is a good good problem a <laughs> good problem in business. You know, um I think there was a book uh, The The myth by Michael Gerber that talks about that. Yeah. Like no no business if it's a real business that's solving a real problem can stay small forever no matter how much the business owners mm-hmm. want it to. It's just impossible. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. it's just the law of growth. Um and so it's it's really exciting to see and to get the chance to talk to you in this in this uh, transition to a different level of company. Uh, And I love to hear that you have certain emphasis on culture and where you're borrowing from to implement it into your workplace. I guess really at the end of the day, if you know that you have entrepreneurs listening and, you know, most of them do have to some degree a level of affluence, right? They're startups, they're raising capital. They probably own homes, not all, but some. They're in urban cities. Maybe it's a little more cost prohibitive, you know, uh, but if they're living in suburban areas, what would you want them to know now that you have their attention and they, they see you move in as business owners and what you do? You just, just happens to be solar uh, repair, you know, uh, what do you want them to know about what you're doing and where they should be connecting with you?
1: Um, In the urban areas?
0: Just in general, the fact is right now there could be an entrepreneur listening who raised some capital. They're doing whatever. They probably have a home and they're like, what am I doing? So now that you have their attention and they see the way you move and they respect, you know, okay, these are business owners. So the question is, that's the person you have whose ear is listening to what you've been talking about lately right now. So what would you want them to know about your company uh, specifically? And how do you want them to get a hold of you? Is there a preferred channel? Things of that nature.
1: Uh, Okay, yeah, good question. I mean, yeah, we're all over. You know, uh, we we actually, the name of our company is Detach Reset Solar, which is actually the insurance line item for taking off the solar and putting it back on. We own the trademark. If you type in our name, Detach Reset Solar, (laughs) We are, we have several pages of, of, you know, Google, you know, on their interviews, podcasts. Um, our, our big, you know, we're in the storm, rest- we, We're the industry we're in is called, you know, it's considered like a storm, the storm restoration industry or solar maintenance, because we're dealing with so many, you know, issues with the, you know, solar and, and the storm restoration uh, business, hurricanes, hail, storms, stuff like that, that's getting, you know, affecting the roof, which is affecting the solar.
2: Right on. Right on. you guys know, you know, um, we help out everybody, right? From roofing companies to real estate agents to uh, roofers are our main targets, uh, but basically anybody that has to deal with solar, right? Like if a roof, uh, if a real estate agent doesn't know the panels working or not, we'll come and then we'll help them out. Um, the, what you mentioned earlier, solar companies, they just think that we're like the ugly duckling of their company. They don't want to do Maintenance and stuff on their own, (laughs) so they just give us the work too, right? So roofers, we actually help them out as well. So um, if you guys are in any of those industries, public adjusters as well, we'll just walk you through the process and make you guys, you know, with your plans getting through faster. Construction, a
1: lot of issues, homeowners or, you know, some of these entrepreneurs might have, you know, solar panels on their house and they're like, hey, man, I can't get a hold of Tesla. Hey, Tesla's six months out. Well, you know, hey, give us a call. You know, we're happy to help. You know, uh, our timelines are a lot quicker because we're only focused on one thing and that's, you know, solar maintenance. And, you know, that's, that's what we're about here.
0: Uh, Man, I'm curious, did you go into developing like an app or anything to be called on? Or is it all just like contact form on a website? What is that outreach looking like? A couple things. We have a different phone
2: number pretty much to track where our marketing block comes from. Yeah, We have it from flyers, we have it from materials like pens and shirts, t-shirts. Because
0: <laughs> yeah. that's always the and, trick, right? Especially because like a lot of homeowners may be older people who may not be as friendly with tech, right? And that's like pres- presumably one of the things that like most companies that are in an advanced industry like solar may first go towards, but some of those people can't even remember their password, you know, and understandably they come from a different time, right? How have you navigated that and, and what are your views on how things move forward are you seeing a younger demographic coming in reaching out to you
2: so the demographics are uh, typically younger but no we do have signs and stuff like you know the one you see up here um and you know just yesterday alone that's like one of these signs brought in by jobs <laughs> Hey! <laughs> so, I mean, we do—we have, have both, right? We have the new new tech stuff, where you know, we're actually like doing the website, the SEO, and all that stuff, social media marketing, and all that. But we also have a lot of physical stuff. So, like, we have, we actually do events, we do booths, so, like so those, are, like where the the older generation like to go. You know, they like to shake hands and
1: you know.
0: keeping it old school. No, you know what? I, I had interviewed someone who uh, who was a. Um... A fund. Uh, he ran a fund, a venture fund uh, somewhere out, I think it was Germany, Russia. And um, he was talking about how a lot of the people that he would fund would often sit there and go, oh, is this the right logo? You know, before they're even making a single dollar, here you are running a whole business. And you're like, yeah, you know, we do flyers. We're, we're more in person, you know, where other people would fo- overly focus on their tech stack before even hitting the market. And I, I just love to hear you like, look, at the end of the day, the tried and true still works. And, yeah. and honestly, yeah. we're turning business away. And
1: and I can tell you the big thing that we're big on. I don't know if you've ever read the book Russell Brunson Traffic Secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. whoa, So, one of our biggest tactics is coming up with the Dream 100. Like, everybody, every entrepreneur has a Dream 100. Like, who, who do they want to talk to on the list? Well, You know, we went right after the the biggest roofing influencer in the country. His name is T.J. McCormick. And, and, you know, he actually happens to live in Denver. And uh, I said, hey, man, I invited him to a five star restaurant. I said, you know, hey, man, this is what we're doing. I'd love to get it out there. You know, he made a couple of posts. He has, you know, uh, several hundred thousand followers and he put our name out there and, and uh, just as a courtesy. We didn't even have to we didn't even pay. Wow. Him. And he blasted it, you know, and uh, that's another, you know, probably a more modern uh, technique that we, we like to use. But there's several you know, people that are big influencers in, in our industry and uh, it's, it's drawn quite a bit of attention.
0: I'm glad you did that, man, because uh, a lot of people may balk at like, oh, yeah, influencer marketing or anything like that. And this just happened to be a conversation. Like you said, it just so happened to work out that way. But the truth is that often people will spend, I don't know, uh, ungodly amounts of money on like local advertising only to not have it return anything. Whereas when you can, le- uh, when you can leverage someone's trusted influence over a community, they already like and trust them. And he's like, you know what? I got to be honest with you. These guys are cool. Their hip and they're solving a real problem in the industry. Why wouldn't I promote them? Right. There's that co this that coalescence. The way it's all come together for you, I'm actually really excited to see where you end up scaling to. Uh, I know I spoke to someone who uh just a couple of days ago, he's gonna have like a, his whole family on an Amazon Prime show or what have you. And uh-huh. for a while he was installing something very similar to that in installations, only to have Um, I forget the name of the company and I probably shouldn't be bringing it up anyways, but he said it on the podcast that basically they should have done a callback, a recall because of everything that happened because people were only able to use like 20% of the actual power that was stored and it turned into a whole thing. And so I know firsthand for a fact that the problem you're solving is real, like not just because of storm damage and what have you, but even faulty faulty panels themselves. I'm sure you come across that a lot. We didn't even get a chance to cover that.
1: Well, look, the manu- man, half the manufacturers that invented the equipment, they, they said, okay, well, solar's going to last 25 years. No problem. And now they're like, oh, man, like uh, even Panasonic pulled out of the game because they're like, man, the panels, they're not lasting as long as they're supposed to last. Like... You know, LG is pulling out, Tesla is pulling out. Like there's a lot of
2: guys that oh, even wow. think about decay on the panels, right? Like uh, they were like, Oh yeah, it would decay ten percent over twenty years, but really they look at the decay factor and it was like, Oh, it's fifty percent after ten like, oh, shoot, <laughs>
0: what are we supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a way different cost-benefit analysis that wasn't even taken into consideration. Honestly, there's uh, there's room for, you know, sort of proprietary development there, <laughs> you know, that you could easily yeah. license. But, you know, anyways, uh, it's, been, it's been real great chatting with you and having a genuine conversation about where your business is. Uh, I'm actually, like I said, truly excited. And I just want to make sure that we highlight this again. Where would you want the listeners who got a chance to check you guys? out right now to connect with you. Is it like uh, Instagram? Is it, uh, you want them to connect with you on the website, LinkedIn? Where, where do you want them to connect with you?
1: Yeah, Instagram and Facebook are huge for us uh, at Detached Reset Solar. Right on. Well,
0: hey, look, honestly, it's been a pleasure, Hunter Hung, to just get a chance to chop it up with you guys. I wish you much success and I can't thank you for st- enough for stopping by.